1: But tomorrow can be bigger. Yeah. Just grow, let the world overflow. You're yeah. my life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. You're
2: life bigger than yourself. Yeah. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. Today, we will hear a classic message that we believe will be a blessing to you. Our goal is to teach God's Word in a way that compels you to live a life that overflows and blesses others. Let's get started. I've
1: watched many of you kind of limp through this year, and there's some baggage that I know how to get rid of. So uh, put on your, 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 your play clothes. I don't know you got on all this, but just imagine right now you're in your street stuff. We, we just, you're just ready to, to learn and, and, and to grow. Put your sneakers on and all the rest. Numbers 11, verse 1. As you turn, I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you for your people here. Meet every need. Change our lives. Father, do what only you can do. May this day mark a new beginning in the lives of many. In Jesus' name, amen. Numbers chapter 11, Numbers 11, verse 1. As you turn, I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you for your people here. Meet every need. Change our lives. Father, do what only you can do. May this day mark a new beginning in the lives of many in jesus name amen numbers chapter 11 verse one now when the people complained now on your screen and in your bible you should notice that the term win is italicized The reason it's italicized is because it was added by translators to make the sentence less less clumsy. But I want to read how the text literally reads in the Hebrew. The text literally says, when the people became complainers. Now, voicing an occasional complaint is one thing. But becoming a chronic complainer is another thing all together. You see, complainers, say they'll change their complaints, but they'll never change the amount of time they spend complaining. No matter what happens, whiners always find something to whine about. Now, what I'm going to do here, lest I continue, you say, well, you know what, Bishop, that's an Old Testament passage and doesn't really relate to me. I want to look at the New Testament commentary on this verse before we dig in deep bear with me first corinthians 10 and 6 paul is speaking by the holy spirit he says as an example or now these things become our what examples now what is an example an example is a pattern of something that you should either imitate or avoid meaning the verses he's about to reference here have a new testament application Verse 7 And do not become idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Now, Paul's first Old Testament reference here is to the golden calf created by Aaron. You remember, Moses took too long coming down out of the mountain. And uh, Aaron came up with a brilliant idea. He said, you know what, we're going to modify the worship here. Now, we want to worship Yahweh, but but what we want to do is we want to localize it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, you know, melt down all your earrings and all the gold we got from Egypt and let's build ourselves a calf. Well, watch what happened when he built the calf. Nor let us commit sexual Immorality notice sex still matters in the new testament you see when the israelites started to worship an animal they started acting like animals the image you make of god is more important than you ever imagined so it's vital that you stick to god's word it'll get worse before it gets better but it will get better at some point let us not commit sexual immorality, as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. Today it's not thousands, but millions in this area. He said, nor let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed by serpents. So he mentioned the, the uh, golden calf, and now he mentions the brazen serpent episode. And in this episode, the consequences were certain, people died. But this brings us now up to the point we're going to study today. He says, nor complain as some of them also complained. God had sent 10 plagues. He'd raised up Moses to deliver the Israelites from uh, Egyptian bondage. And then if that wasn't enough, when they left, he opened up and parted the Red Sea where all the Egyptian soldiers drowned. But watch how they responded. Watch how they rewarded God's amazing kindness. They rewarded it with a never satisfied, never enough attitude. You know, with with some people, though, you pour everything you have into them, they'll still end up empty and this was the case with the children of israel this is new testament he said nor complain meaning the passage in numbers is an illustration that applies to us nor complain as some of them also complained and watch this and were destroyed by the destroyer now because we're reading that in english we miss something the name there translated destroyer is literally apollyon which in the hebrew is Abadagon. and every time that name is mentioned it refers to the angel of death what scripture is teaching in the new testament is that what we say with our mouth what we put our mouths on have the capacity to release spiritual forces, woesome and fearsome in their strength and power. When we return criticism for good, we open a very, very dangerous spiritual door. How many of y'all want help today? Stay with me. Paul is saying, nor complain And some of them also complained and were destroyed. You see, in the Old Testament, they didn't know it was a demon behind it. But in the New Testament here, Paul offers commentary. This wasn't just God's anger. God's anger was letting the devil do what the devil wanted to do. And in the New Covenant, the way God shows anger is often by folding his hands and letting the devil do what you just license him to do in your life. Many of us think because of the cross, how many of you love the cross? I love the cross. I appreciate the cross. The cross is, is essential. But we say, you know, because of the cross, my complaints aren't any big deal. But what I want to tell you is the devil smiles every time you think that way and every time you do something because, because it gives him license to destroy in your life. You say, why is the devil running so rampant? He said, and don't complain and some of them complained. And were destroyed by the what? Destroyer. Meaning, complaining in spite of God's goodness. When God has brought you from where he brought you from. Took you out of what he took you out of. When he saved you by his own blood. Filled you with his precious Holy Spirit. But somehow that's not enough. Somehow God somehow is not fair. Somehow God, you know, everybody else gets what, they, but, but not you. Somehow this universe is it's just conspiring against you. According to scripture, when we complain in spite of God's goodness, it literally releases demons into our families and circumstances. Woe to the man who turns evil for good. And after all he's done, all he's given us, we still... God, that ain't right. That ain't fair. God, if you love me. The Bible says that when they complain, spiritual atmosphere changed. And when we live lifestyles and complaining and griping, we carry with us a dark cloud. You've been with it, many of you, all your life. so you're not even, it just seems to be part of your normal. But what it is, is through the heart, through a lack of gratitude, you have released forces in your life that you barely have power. To fix without God's help. You see, the cross was designed to save us from our past. But our poor decisions and our poor choice of words. Often reopen doors that Jesus died to close. And our mouths are access points to the spiritual realm. When I say, Lord, come into my heart, all of heaven is released into my life and heart. But when I begin to use the language of the adversary, all that's of his kingdom is released into those circumstances I speak to. The power of life and death is in the tongue. We can bind and loose through the things we say. You can release destruction or salvation. All based on what you choose to talk about. Stay with me. Verse 11. Now all these things happen to them as what? Examples. Meaning God recorded the text we're about to study Because it represents what is still relevant today, though it might manifest a little differently. And it says, and these things, all of the Old Testament, was written for our, how many of y'all part of our, yeah, admonition upon whom the ends of the ages come. This narrative was not just for the Israelites, it's also for those who live in the last days. So if you want to understand the spiritual dynamic of what's happening in your life in the last days, pay attention to the illustration we're going to study in Numbers 11. Let's go back there. Verse 1. Now, when the people complained, now the casual reader will look at that and say, you know what? They proclaimed because, you know, they were fatigued from the journey. They they had traveled so far, and and that's why they, they, they just got tired. But scripture tells us a few verses earlier that they only had walked for three days. This is about 25 to 30 miles. This was a 250 mile journey. They weren't tired yet. And many of us, we act like we're tired and we think it's because of our journey. When the real issue is our hearts. Let's go to 10 and 33 so we could see that more clearly. So they departed from the mountain of the Lord on a journey of three days. Three days. They're only three days from the mountain of the Lord. And the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them for three days' journey, and they searching out rest a place for them. Again, they only worked 20 or 30 miles. The real problem was not the journey. Many of you say, Well, the real problem is my road is hard. If you knew how hard my, my, my journey was, you, you'd understand. But here, the issue was is not that their journey was so hard. The issue was their hearts were hard. And when we modify our hearts, it's amazing how the road starts looking different Amen. to us. Stay with me. 11-1. When the people complained, it displeased the Lord. You see, they were no longer physically in bondage to the Egyptian. But they were still enslaved in their minds. You see, you might not get slavery because that's so distant, but, but, but slavery is, is a whole lot like prison. If you've ever been in a prison environment or been around prison, everybody's looking for the angle. You are studying angles all day long. And the prison... Context it, it forces a, a basic distrust of the good in others. And same thing with slavery. When, when you're on the other side of the last and you watch what people do, it forces a basic mistrust in the goodness of human beings. But here's the lesson the Israelites would have to learn, that each of us have to learn. Treating God like he's just another inmate is never a good idea. And all that distrust they built up in the world. What they did is they tried to bring it into the kingdom. And when they did it, the Bible says it displeased the Lord. For he heard it. And his anger was aroused. When someone saves you from unspeakable horrors. But you begin to waste your new freedom on just trying to find new things to complain about. It's understandable that the person who freed you might get a little bit upset. So the fire of the Lord burned among them. Here, God's displeasure manifested in lightning coming from heaven. But in the New Testament, we don't see a whole lot of that. But what we will see is God said, I gave you my best at the cross. And then on top of that, now that, that was history 2,000 years ago, but the moment you gave me your life, after you were willing to look back to what Jesus said, I, in your present, in your moment, I released my very own Holy Spirit. The greatest gifts I could offer, I have Given you. But still, somehow, I'm not fair. Somehow, I'm too hard. Somehow, I don't really care. And what God has to do in those moments, He loves you. The cross is still good. You're still saved. But what He'll do is He'll fold His arms. And when you begin to mouth the mentality of Satan, he lets Satan do what you just licensed him to do in your life. So the fire burned among them. You see, God is not the one trying to kill you. He's not going to harm you, but the devil will. Demons are empowered by wrong attitudes. Demons are empowered by wrong actions Everything we do is spiritual one way or the other either releases the devil or releases god Many of you wonder what's going on in my life Stay with me I'm about to explain your situation When that fire fell it consumed The outskirts of the camp You see, those that were in the center, only their stuff, maybe their tents and some of the things they had caught on fire. But you see, those, though, who were not all the way in and not all the way out. Those folk were the ones who were killed. You see, we got to get in or get out because living on the fence can get you killed. But watch too. Then the people cried out to Moses. Thank God for Moses. We all need someone in our lives uh, who, who walks with God when we don't. And Moses, what did he do? He prayed to the Lord. And here Moses is a type of Christ. He's a type of intercessor here. And at this time, they had to call on Moses, but we can call on the name of Jesus. And the Bible says, anyone who calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. So if we call on him, he'll be our help. But once they called, watch what happened. And the fire was what? Quenched. The destroyer can be quenched. But not until you cry out to Jesus. You see, the people had to admit that they gone wrong. Moses, I'm sorry. Moses, we were wrong. This is an Old Testament pattern, a New Testament truth. We will not receive reprieve until we cry out, "God, I'm wrong." God, you are right. God, you are good. We sing the song, you are a good, good father. That's who you are. That's who you are. And then we leave service. Oh, I don't know why God doesn't care for me. And it's not fair. All things happen to me. But when we come back and sing, you know, you're a good, good father. You know, and, and all, we sing all these songs, but we don't live them. Lord, I may not have all I want. But many people don't even have what I have. <laughs> realize what happened here. And realize what happens with us. It's amazing. I'll talk to Saints and and, and they remember way back when. And talk about when they were in the world. And they glorified and celebrated. But do you really remember the morning after? It's amazing the things we select to remember, how it was. Children's are no different. They were able to look back on slavery and start acting like slavery was a better option than freedom. Don't you remember the slave master? Don't you remember the bricks made without straw? How soon we forget. And because we forget, we complain. And when Moses cried or prayed to the Lord, the fire was quenched. So he called the name of the place Tibera, which literally means place of burning. You know, the Bible says in James that our mouths can be set on the fire of hell. And in the New Testament, often when it talks about fire, it's talking about things that come from conversation. Many of us are setting our own lives on fire and upset God's not putting it out quick enough. When God is saying, why don't you just put the matches away? God said, be thankful in all things not because of everything everything is not always good but in every situation be thankful but what we do when a little crisis comes we start lighting burning up our own houses and then mad god's not rebuilding it quick enough so we call the name of the place to many people feel that they're in a special spiritual battle you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know the demons I'm facing. You don't know the problems I have. You you really don't understand my situation. And they kind of toss up and say it's a spiritual warfare, a spiritual battle. But that's not really the issue. The real issue is not the devil. The real issue is an ungrateful heart. You see, when we complain, find fault, And just making everything negative. The devil walks right up in it, just like a pig in the mud. He just rolls, oh, that's so good. That's so good. Gets right in the mud and he loves it and he draws the conversation out of you. Yeah, it ain't fair what they did, isn't it? Yeah, nobody love you, right? Oh. Yeah. And we spend maybe five or ten, Fifteen minutes on Sunday worshiping, but the rest of the week, conversation with a devil. Oh. And, and we wonder, the Bible teaches complaining releases, the destroyer. So if things are being destroyed. What might you want to cut out?
2: This has been a classic edition of the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer, pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. We pray that you join us tomorrow as we continue this teaching. Our prayer is that this teaching from God's Word strengthens and inspires you to live a life bigger than yourself. So remember, you can access this message and much more for free at gracechurchva.org.